My wife and I, we had a lot of fun, man, for a long time. But she had this girlfriend that fucked it up. <laughs> With the big titties, you know the type of girlfriend I'm talking about that I tried to ignore for six months. When she'd come in the house, like, "Hello there, how you doing?" I don't really notice your tits. Oh. I would like to be the mayor of Tit Town if I could, okay? I'd like to drive a big truck full of tits down the Tit Turnpike right into the middle of Tit Town. Don't you wish the guy walking in front of us would squeeze our tits for like one second? Not an ass man. I'm a tit man. I like big ass boobs. Now and forever. Not like a black eye, Vita. Give me back the tits! Give me back the tits! Welcome to Last Man on Earth. My name is Lex Jurger. As always, I flank by Matt Ralston. Matt just gleefully announced his love of Fat Tuesday. No, not today's Mardi Gras, but rather that once-a-week thrill where Matt rubs himself against obese men in West Hollywood parks until somebody calls the cops. <laughs> That's called a Fat Tuesday. I checked the Urban Dictionary. Do you know today was Mardi Gras, by the way? I can never get into it because it's, it's a, a Tuesday. And even though, you know, I'm not averse to, to partying, it's, I'm just never in the mood on a Tuesday. I think any holiday that changes dates every year... We should not be expected to follow. Yeah. I mean, if it's that important like Christmas, make it the same day every year so people never forget it. But last year was like three weeks earlier. How are you supposed to fucking know? I'm also like not being a practicing Catholic. Is it fair that you celebrate the end of a thing that you weren't participating in? <laughs> it's supposed to be the end of Lent, right? I thought it's a start of, it's a start, it's a start of Lent. Oh. I'm not a Catholic. I know that. It's a start. That's why you party, because the last time you can party, right? Before Lent. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely not Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> nor, nor have you wiki. Well, still, Mar- how Mardi many Gras? of the people out doing shots are going to be, uh, you know, giving up jerking off for three months or whatever? Uh, no. Do people give up masturbation for Lent? I don't know. I, I thought just... it was like they gave up, like, meat, right? And they gave up, like, some other crap. You're supposed to give up something. I, I think it's up to you. Do you think the priests stopped uh, diddling the boys during <laughs> during I've given up twelve and unders. I think that's why the McDonald's fillet of fish on Fridays, like they always put it on sale during lunch or something. It has something to do with the meat. Uh, oh yeah, up. you're not supposed to eat meat on Fridays. Yeah, I think. Oh, it's just Friday. Yeah, it's actually not that much different than Ramadan, is it? Really, Lent is kind of like Ramadan for. Yeah, Christmas? I think you're supposed to not drink and. Um you can still fornicate, I think right? you can still have sex. Yeah. Um, as long as it's unprotected sex in the mission or position you're making babies. <laughs> this week's show is sponsored by Brian Cullinan, the dude from Price Waterhouse who handed off the wrong Oscar envelope. You had one job, Cullinan. Now, no accountant will ever be allowed to wear a tuxedo again. I love how... So he was guy, he's a guy... So Price Waterhouse handed the wrong uh, envelope to Warren Beatty, right? Warren Beatty, by the way, looked like what shit. What is Price Waterhouse? It's, an account, it's the accounting firm that handles all the voting tabulations for the Oscars. Is it really that complicated? It is, well, they, for like 80 years, Price Waterhouse has handled the, you know, they want to make sure that it's like it's seen as very, you know, very on the up and up. So mm-hmm. they hire a third party accounting firm to check the voting calculations and write down the winners and hold the envelopes like in a safe until the time of the I'm Oscars. I'm so sick of this shit. It's not the fucking Soviet <laughs> no, nuclear no. code. Who gives a fuck? Well, it only mattered because they actually fucked it up. But the best thing was like, you know, first they denied it was their fault because they're an accounting firm. And then when they got busted, it was clearly their fault. They actually named the guy in their company who handed off the wrong envelope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they totally threw this dude under the bus. And he had on his Twitter feed him in his tuxedo at Hollywood Oscar night, uh, stuff I like feel that. Bad for him. It was like the biggest night of his life. <laughs> and he fucked up. But as it turned out, he was actually tweeting live, tweeting from behind the scenes of like, 
Emma Stone and stuff like that, so he got distracted. That's why he handed the wrong envelope. That's an open bar. He's probably a little tipsy. <laughs> Isn't it? Um, do anything was a publicity stunt? That was my initial. No, I don't think so. Those guys take that shit pretty seriously. Let's say old Collinins lost his job at Pricewaterhouse. <laughs> Can't go back in. And if you read his tw- Twitter feed that night, he was so fucking excited about being the guy picked to do it. Oh, it's so sad. <laughs> he just really picked the one job. If you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter, Last Man Podcast, or on Facebook, also Last Man Podcast. All right, on to the show. Uh, Matt, I don't know if you saw the Oscars. I know you did. I don't know if you were sober enough to remember any of them. <laughs> uh, by the way, you lost your bet, Oscar bet, did you not? At Manchester by the Sea? Um, your, I long think shot, your long shot bet you tried to get me into? I didn't actually end up making any bets, but Moonlight would have been, obviously, in retrospect, a good bet. But, you know, there weren't even really any casinos taking the bets. It was just something they kind of would advertise yeah. as, like, to get... People. There was a place to do Oscar betting, I bet, online somewhere. But maybe you're right. They're not Probably the legit somewhere. places. But it's pretty shady, the online betting world. Oh, really? You oh, really? Wanna, oh, really? You know, <laughs> just, like, uh, just give Latvians <laughs> your fucking credit card yeah. number. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you noticed during the show, every year now they have to do a live. So the whole th- pretense of the Oscar telecast is that it's really like improv and, and uh, off the cuff and it's really anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been completely pre-produced and every single step that's made is completely... Rearranged ahead of time, right? There's not a single moment in there that isn't like prearranged. Right. So every year now they have to do this thing where they do some like sort of like improv live action thing. Like Ellen DeGeneres did like selfies with the audience. One of the audience took, started taking selfies. Right, right. That was seen as very, uh, very cool and hip. So this year Jimmy Kimmel decided. Wasn't that like a. That was like embedded advertising, though, wasn't it? Probably. She kept saying, I can't remember oh, the Apple name of the or something phone, like Samsung that. or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was. And this year, Jimmy Kimmel decided he's going to bring in a, like, do a stunt like he would do for a show. He's going to bring in like a live bus tour of tourists who had no idea where they were going into the live Oscar telecast. Now, you and I both know what kind of people are on tour buses, <laughs> riding through the city of, of riding through yeah. Hollywood. Unless it's a school bus. I don't yeah. trust anyone on a no. bus. You've seen those buses around, right? You see the people on those buses? Oh, yeah. Those are not people you would invite into your homes. So we all know that, but apparently they thought it would be really cute. And they had they parade these people, average Joes, who, by the way, were celebrity Hollywood-obsessed people who were not watching the Oscars because they were on a tour bus during the middle of the Oscars, <laughs> which made no, made no sense. They probably got a big discount. Right. And the one guy they, they paraded through to like meet Nicole Kidman and, and uh, Denzel Washington, and really like a really cool procession through this A-list actors you never, ever meet, mm-hmm. people who have like giant gates that keep you away from their homes you would never <laughs> encounter, was this guy Gary from Chicago's lovable old black guy with a hat on, like some kind of Bluetooth that looked like it didn't work from 20 years earlier, <laughs> and like a bag full of swag and merchandise he picked up along the way in Hollywood, all that kind of crap. And it was all like, oh, like the celebrities mean the common man. It's just like, if how, I'm much, very, how many hours per day would you have to log on the phone to get you to actually wear one of those things? In the your, Bluetooth? Yeah. yeah. I, I, it looked like it went from like, from like, it looked like one from like 1997. <laughs> so I think it was just like he kept it on as a, as a cool, like sort of accoutrement. Yeah. Um, and so this is like, this is Hollywood's like idea of like how to like the whole idea of, of Oscars this year was I call it the Oscars of lamentation. <laughs> it's where they apologize for being rich and rich, rich, non-inclusive people from last year. Right. And so they wanted to show how ordinary they were by having like really cool ordinary people. And we all know when you invite when rich people invite ordinary people into their homes, something bad always always happens. Isn't it extremely condescending? Yes. I mean, yes. It's like the one day, like it's like the one day the aristocrats allow like the commerce to come walk <laughs> to the castle, right? Right. To see what life is like. Oh, look, there's meat and food, and so they didn't like <laughs> vet the people. They uh, they claim they claim they was all off. They didn't vet the people. So the guy came in apparently, and Gary from Chicago 
older black guy. It was very lovable. He kissed Nicole Kidman's hands. He was like taking selfies with people. It was creepy. It was kind of creepy, but it gets creepier because it turns out, by the way, Gary from Chicago was a three strike felon who just got <laughs> out of Corcoran three days earlier off a twenty year twenty year stint that included attempted rape uh, sometime earlier and uh, two other two other felony counts. Yikes. Is it, here's my question to you. So luckily Gary wasn't packing, did like take down the whole the whole front row, which would have been an amazing story. Uh, isn't it true that like really people, wealthy people, like this idea that they can connect with co- the common man has always been a really bad idea, and that we, the middle class uh, bourgeois, know that the only reason we work really hard is to actually get away from the com- from common people right. because they're all fucking ex felons and pedophiles and degenerates, drug addicts, and <laughs> drug addicts. But somehow rich people smelly. think it's really there's some virtue. They, they all have this like wistful virtue of the common man, yeah, like the broke ass guy on the bus with an old Bluetooth. Named Gary must be, Gary from Chicago must be a really cool guy who can teach us things. Yeah, a lot of times those guys are dicks. Yeah, or or recently released felons. <laughs> Violent for recently released. Well, violence. anyone on a bus has at least one felony. I, I've taken the Greyhound once and never again. Yeah, um, I told you this before. My friend has a theory on the public transit that anytime you go on a bus, there's going to be at least one guy holding a jar of his own urine. Yeah, because <laughs> if you think about it, a rental car is about fourteen dollars a day. Yeah. Um, and frankly, if if you if you're going anywhere, if you have any business going anywhere, you should be able to afford that. Yeah, and even by the way, illegal immigrants buy old Corollas and not <laughs> and no insurance, and you can buy a car for like six hundred bucks. Yeah, and you get no insurance, and so it basically costs you about a buck a day to drive. Right. So even the people that work like working illegal immigrants don't take the bus; they figure out a way to get off the bus. But yeah, you're right; it's, it's really a bad place to be. But isn't this like getting back? Isn't it like aren't rich people just horrible? Selectors of like, isn't it just a bad idea for them to mix with the, with the common folk, the poor folk? It yeah, never, it never go. It never. It is condescending, like you said, and it never ever works out well. They always end up getting attacked in their own homes, or <laughs> raped, or some. They're just not good at it. They need to understand, like, they just they're they're not they're not able to relate to common people. Well, anymore. I think anyone that gets the gig as like central casting common person, yeah, like there's just something by nature about that that makes me not trust you because yeah. you're you're essentially claiming to be really normal, and anyone that claims to be normal is, is probably real fucked up. I think that they don't. I think what it seems to me like rich people they always like sponsor some kid in the inner city. And then the kid finds out where they live and steals everything from their house, <laughs> like rapes the wife or something like that. Yeah, this is inherent- don't let homeless people. Whatever you do, like this, this. No, I had a girlfriend like that, and she she thought she was this Mother Teresa. She'd invite homeless people over and be like, "It turns out that guy's crazy." Yeah, like oh, you think? Yeah, it ha- actually happens all the time. That it's usually women because men are a little little rougher and less sensitive will help out like a homeless guy mm-hmm. and he ends up I mean there was a woman in LA a couple years ago she helped out a homeless guy got him like 20 bucks from the ATM and he kidnapped her and forced her to get all the money out of her ATM and just killed her yeah they'll kill you yeah, because, that's what they, <laughs> because there's a reason why they're either really poor or living on the streets and it's not really a good reason that was it's, uh, not, an upli- it's not an uplifting reason who was the girl the Mormon girl who was kidnapped years back uh Oh, in the home. They had the guys in the home. Her Elizabeth, parents, Elizabeth Smart. who were like upper middle class, trying to cut a few corners, save a few bucks, and yeah, hire a homeless, guy. a homeless guy to do the roofing. And yeah. guess what? Guess what? He, he kidnaps and rapes your daughter. Yeah. They actually brought like 10 homeless guys into work. You can't so the, do it. No. It's just there's some this this idea that like poor people are virtuous is something that's only believed by rich really rich people <laughs> who don't know any poor people. Right. They don't know. If you live in Brentwood in a mansion, you're like, Oh, that that Gary from Chicago, he's a real dude. He's a real dude. They're all like 
we want to have him over. We want to have him over and like you know introduce him to our friends. It's a very, it's really condescending and, and cheap and and ultimately dangerous. Yeah, it's like this starving artist complex. I, I knew this chick who, who referred to herself as a struggling artist. It's like <laughs> I'll do the math on the struggling, but. The fact that you're self-identifying, like your identity is that you're failing. That you're unsuccessful. That's not very, well, that's not very productive, Well, you should it? mention that because uh, Gary from Chicago, uh, his attorney came out and said, I want to clarify one thing. Gary was not a rapist. He was an attempted rapist. He was an attempted rapist. rapist. What does that I mean? Like he, he couldn't get a boner like or something? Like he, I don't know. Like, the chick like, beat his ass. That was your big defense. <laughs> like he, he, uh, he tried to rape somebody. Was, he was unsuccessful. So I want to make sure, that, make sure that's very clear. Remember during the um, World Cup in South Africa, they were giving chicks a thing that goes in your vagina that, that would grab, if a guy raped you, that it would like hold on to it and like rip your dick up? I uh, I vaguely remember. It's, I thought that was an urban legend. Was no, I, it sounds fake, but it, it actually happened. Uh, you got one of those in your in your pussy, and you got a, <laughs> a Venezuela to blow in case you're being attacked. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe you shouldn't be hosting anything if if we had to think of that. You know, I would like my elite. I would like my elitist to be elitist. I just sort of count on it. They're just not very good at being anything else. And this yeah. attempt Hollywood makes to like look like they're just one of the guys it's so disingenuous it is it's like it's like a gay guy pretending he's straight you can just spot it right away yeah love those tits those are amazing tits <laughs> like it's just it's so phony it never works nicole kim is like hand being kissed by this guy she was probably like yeah she's an actress but she was probably dying on the fucking inside oh going, i'm like, sure there's no way in hell i'd ever let like this an old ex-con kiss, kiss my hand it's so confusing like i just don't get where they found the guy like like, yeah. who are these people? Maybe they really did just get random people off a tour bus because these people were, like, you know, felons and shit like that. It was just, it was a parade of, like, the common man while we were all in tuxedo. It was, like, a, a bad episode of Downton Abbey. Right. They, bring, like, the, they bring the commoners in from the countryside to see how the rich people live. Oh, yeah. Can I, we do have a giant library full of a thousand books. Can I tell a quick uh, tour bus story? Yes, please. So, where I'm from in Fairbanks, uh, the northern lights come out in the winter, and the Japanese... Some Shinto, or some some portion of the Japanese sort of traditional, new you know old world Japanese people, they think if you conceive your child under the Northern Lights, it'll have special um, powers. Nice. I like where but, the story's going already. Uh, apparently, they they take it pretty literally. So you got to actually be outside. So they'd have these tours, and and they would wait for the Northern Lights to come out, and then they would all run into the woods and have sex with each other. Um, which sounds just really disgusting. I, th- I honestly thought you were going to say they had sex on the tour bus. Which no. would have been an awesome, like a Japanese bukkake You don't story. know how it works, dude. You have to be outside. No, I didn't <laughs> Otherwise, know. your kid won't be magic. I didn't know that. I see a lot of Mexican people having sex on the buses around here, but I think it's just <laughs> to have an anchor baby. <laughs> That's what you with the Northern Lights. All right, Gary from Chicago, you're all right by me. You know, there's also the whole thing about the, like, the magical Negro. Like the old black guy must be like, a wise and intelligent fellow. It's kind of racist, it's isn't it? Huge, hugely racist. And clearly, they had like 20 people to pick from in terms of who they focused on. Yeah. And because the entire Oscars was, it was a black-themed Oscars, literally. A black, ho- a black host out front for ABC, black actors winning all the awards. They kept shooting every black person they could see in the audience over and over again. <laughs> right. They stocked them all. And then they happened to have Gary, the black guy from Chicago, be the the common man who gets to parade through. The whole thing was a little... I felt sick. I'm glad you got so drunk you don't remember any of that. You're, you're lucky. You're lucky. I'm glad you know. Alright, uh, Matt, let me ask you. I know you don't watch the Oscars, but you do love Emma Watson. You've watched all the Harry Potter movies. She's good looking. 
You think so? Do you like her more when she's 11 or now that she's like 26? <laughs> <laughs> well, she doesn't look British. It's kind of creepy to, uh, to like a girl that started a movie series when she was like 11. Because like, you know, one movie she's like 17 or 18 and one movie she's like 11. Then she's 20 in another movie. I'm, I'm just basing it on the current day. I, I really haven't watched the Harry Potter franchise <laughs> not in a, its entirety. Not Harry, by the way, I've never liked... The only Harry Potter movie I've ever actually enjoyed was the last one, which had nothing to do with the original characters. It was like that Monsters and... Whatever, Beasts and Monsters movie, whatever it was. That actually was pretty well done. The first like seven or eight Harry Potter movies just seemed like pretty cheap kid movies. I didn't really understand them very well. Very expensive cheap kid movies yeah uh, but she was Hermione and she did fine in that movie and she made herself like a hundred million and making like a hundred million dollars off of it or whatever the fuck it was so good for her but then latter day she became what I call the UN, UN ambassador for people with vaginas <laughs> <laughs> only for people with vaginas she is a UN ambassador yeah but like Angelina is that a Jolie, paid position no, Ange- no I think you pay for it uh, Angelina Jolie is a UN ambassador a lot of people are UN ambassadors turns out it's not all that hard to be um, you got to be famous, and you got to be able to be the center of attention at parties where they raise a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So she's a feminist thing. So her whole identity now is wrapped around feminism. So uh, I don't know if you know, she was supposed to be the lead in La La Land, which I don't know if you saw it finally. I, I tried to bring myself to watch it, it's and like at this point, it's a lost cause. It's like your gay purse. You're just carrying it around with you. I'm not going <laughs> to watch it. Point, you're, gonna, you're just carrying <laughs> the screen around with you in your back pocket, yeah. and one day you're just going to like whip, <laughs> whip it out. I actually might have seen La La Land until they showed like 10 clips from it during the Oscars, and every clip made me want to see it less and less. It really is yeah. just a colorful, big set piece dancing movie. Maybe it's all just a conspiracy to get you know black people to win awards. Uh, pop. You know, prop up a, a obnoxious white, like like aggressively white movie. It was, where they steal jazz music, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Emma Watson, uh, she was kicked off La La Land. She was declined the role La La Land because apparently she became too difficult to work with. She wanted all the rehearsals to be in London. She had a whole bunch of demands. And as you can see, uh, even though you haven't seen La La, Man, La La Land, you can tell it's the kind of movie where you actually need an actress who's going to take direction. Right. Because you could, you know, there's all these fucking complicated dance numbers, shit like that. The last thing you need is a high-maintenance chick on the set. Yeah. Uh, so Emma Stone, I think, was perfect for that. So she did, uh, she's doing, instead, she's doing Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Now, Matt, I know you were probably molested during the original Beauty and the Beast <laughs> when it came out, the Katzenberg version from Disney in 92 or whenever it came out. Are you talking about the weird, low-budgety live-action one or the... No, I'm not talking about the... Uh, no, oh, not not the Beast movie uh, show that was on CBS, like with uh, Linda Hamilton? Yeah. No, not that. She's like fucking a, an actual monster? No, that was, that was uh, uh, my, Ron Perlman. My mom was always... Oh, he was the Beast? He was the, Ron Perlman was the Beast, and Linda Hamilton was Beauty. Uh, Thank you. Even though technically, I think she could bench press more than him after all the, all the steroids she took for ter- Terminator 2. The, that was geared towards... Uh, lonely women, right? It was. And as a matter of fact, if I may tell my beast side story, <laughs> uh, I delved into a... Uh, I learned one day during that series or in the reruns of the series, there's a huge uh, fantasy fiction fan base for that series. And women, uh, such as your mother, perhaps, or, or lonely women, were actually like recreating romantic stories between uh, Beauty and the Beast, whatever it was, Ron Perlman and Linda Hamilton. But what I noticed, I never really delved into fantasy fan fiction before. All right. The women were all including sketch work they had done of the sex-making act between the Beast, who was naked and apparently very well endowed. You would assume so. <laughs> yes, they were, there was a lot of women drawing pictures of a big, hairy Beast fellow with a big cock. So women want to get fucked by a, a Beast, basically. Uh, that, that's not your feminist thing, I don't think. But it, it was like, I didn't realize in fantasy fiction, women also were doing a lot of sketch, sketch work. 
it really was it really was quite off-putting i have to say it's, as much as you could tell their heart was in the literature, mm-hmm. the, uh, the pornography, the depiction of the pornography between Beast, Animal, and the woman was a little, was a little off-putting to me. Well, you know, in primates, uh, there's a, a direct correlation between cognitive function and dick size. Um, so, like, really, the, the more of a beast the animal is, like, gorillas have tiny dicks. Gorillas have, like, one-inch dicks. Yes. Um, so, I, I would kind of question why the beast would have such a big dick. Well, this is just in fantasy art. I mean, if you're going to draw, if you're going to draw a sketch out a beast for your erotic pleasures, you're not going to draw a beast <laughs> with a fucking Trump dick. I mean, you're going to go full force. Also, what I noticed, by the way, was like, if the woman who was writing it happened to be a school teacher, these images they sketch were the beast, like, having his way with the woman, like, in a schoolroom. Right. Like, they were really, they were really, I'm like, is that Lynn Hamilton or is that you? I don't, I don't really understand it. You uh, know, this is obviously, uh, created by, by women or, or gay men because didn't the Beast also wear like a somewhat like faggy outfit? Yeah, like, well, like kind of a silk shirt? Yeah, well it was supposed to be like 1730s France so you know they're all in France they're all gay. Oh, so he was I don't gay, know what they wore back He then. was a gay Beast. Uh, so Emma Watson did, is playing Belle from the live action uh, version of Beauty and the Beast. Make sure you take your girlfriend to see that. Uh, it'll probably make a fortune. She got paid a fortune to do it but of course as a feminist she couldn't just play the role of a damsel in distress, which is what the role of Belle, the princess, basically is. It's a Disney, it's a Disney princess role. If you go to Disneyland, there's like Belle, the character, is a Disney princess at Disneyland, which right. for a modern day UN ambassador feminist just won't fly. I noticed the best job at Disneyland, as far as the characters, has got to be Corella Deville because she she gets gets to act like a bitch and get away with it. I think anything where you don't have to wear a giant hot costume is probably the best. <laughs> but I also understand like the women get grabbed a lot by dudes. So, oh really? Yeah, it's no, not surprising. There's a lot of there's a lot of shit going on. Wait, so what's the all right? So so the all right? So there's a chick who meets a prince. No, she's she's she, there's a prince who likes the chick, but the prince is a dick. Okay. So she runs away not to have to marry that guy, and she runs into the beast. Don't hide. Don't don't go where the beast lair is. Right, the castle. The beast lives in the castle. Okay. Don't go near the beast. She gets captured by the beast, but of course he turns out to have a heart of gold. And she turns him into a, a very beautiful a very beautiful person on the oh. inside. Because don't you know, Matt, beauty is on the inside, on the outside. How so does the beast have this castle? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Airbnb, like family money? Air, Airbnb, maybe. <laughs> like renting out of family money. Wait, so does she, she turns him into a handsome guy, or, or you don't know? No, I don't know that he turns into a handsome guy, but he becomes he's handsome on the inside. Don't you get it? Yeah. So the whole point is that... It's like shallow hell. Yes. It is, yes. If I can relate to you, it's like shallow hell. <laughs> It's a classic. It's a classic novel. It's a classic story of the the handsome guy being a dick, like Karate Kid, and the, and the ugly guy being having a heart of gold. Although nowadays it's always the girl story. It's the story of the girl. So I the, feel like the chick would just fuck the good looking guy that's a dick. That's how. It well, happen. yes, in, in L.A. she would, but not in <laughs> 1730s France. So Emma Watson decided she was going to make some changes to the script because she had to had to feminist give a feminist revision to the how script. How is that her prerogative anyway? Uh, well, either she insisted upon it as part of her deal, which is why she didn't get La La Land, because nobody wanted to see her fucking dancing with Ryan Gosling while she's wearing fucking jorts and <laughs> like a cut-off denim, denim shirts. <laughs> like, and she has to be the lead in the dancers or whatever fuck it was. Right. So in this movie, she takes Belle. Belle originally wears, is a very delicate woman who wears like ballet slippers and dresses and stuff. But now in this movie, she wears boots so she can walk in the mud. Okay. Big change there. Uh, in, the original, in the original tale, Belle is like a bookish little shy girl. But in the new in the new version that Emma Watson revised, she is her father's assistant. Her father's an inventor, and she's the inventor's assistant. And what does she invent, Matt? Thank you for asking. Um, she invents a washing an early version of an automated washing machine 
so that she can read her books while the wash is being done. This is uh, riveting <laughs> shit. <laughs> Don't you see what's going? And, of course, uh, Emma Watson claimed how this was like a big... She said the most important thing that is that Belle is in control of her own destiny, which I guess was always true. And she also claimed she would never play a role where there wasn't a meaningful impact on society, which hmm. means you have to hate her by nature. Yeah. And then when the film was done, she took a final cut of the film and showed it to Gloria Steinem. Okay. <laughs> it was like... I just... Like, that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard of. It's almost as if she doesn't understand the role of entertainment in society. No. And also, I imagine her knocking the door like a Gloria Steinem's house, and she's like, with like with reel of film, like a canister of film on her arm. Yeah. Like, Gloria, I need you to watch this to make sure it's appro- it's feminist approved. And Gloria Steinem's like, oh, fucking bitch. What are you doing? Like, like I got to review your fucking film. Like, right. the- I have to watch two hours of Beauty and the Beast to tell you it's about a damsel in distress and all shit like that. Gloria Steinem, by the way, I contend, would have gone down on Walt Disney to get a job like back in the day. <laughs> so it's like, what a fucking thing. Here's the thing, Matt. Is there any... Is there any remotely anything purposeful to what Emma Watson is doing? Is there any advantage to the women she's trying to help anywhere in this world by doing, by being basically the bitch, the consummate bitch? No, I, I just I don't see this really having any effect on uh, society. <laughs> no, like, I don't even think anyone's going to watch it. I mean, what what is there actually a role for feminists in society? Is there like a role? Is there a differentiation in your mind between like feminist and just diva bitch? Um. Well, the, you know her her sort of demands and and revisions seem seem trivial. It it almost does seem like she's just uh, like she couldn't just go. It couldn't be easy, you know. Like nothing can be fucking easy. Like can you just do this shitty movie? Yes. It, like w- without making demands. Uh, well, so. is that, that? I mean, isn't like the only if she really was a if she really were a feminist and didn't want to portray women in submissive positions. But she wouldn't take the fucking movie. She'd go take less money and do a feminist movie, right? Well, weren't... See, there's something to be said for, like, uh, historical uh, revisionist history, you know? Like, yes. weren't, weren't women actually kind of um, oppressed so, to a degree in 17th century yes. France? Yes, and all the beasts had to wear gay outfits. So It was a horrible place to be. <laughs> you can pretend that didn't happen, but that's not really going to change the fact uh it, it seems so it's like, like she, it's almost like it's almost like going into history book and changing the history book is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, like pretending something didn't happen is is not really going to produce a positive impact for current day society. Like when we when we depict Marie Antoinette now, she'll be like in a business suit. She'll be have been an advertising executive of some kind who worked for who marched on who marched on the Capitol to, for women's rights. Yeah, like Susan B. Anthony's rocking a Metallica <laughs> yeah. shirt, or fucking like a leather jacket. I don't know. Um, it is a, it is a tough it is a tough thing for people. I mean, here's what here, here's what I think. If you really don't want to show portray women in subjugated positions, even in historical dramas, then don't play the fucking role. Right. Just turn down the money and don't take the role. There's plenty of like, I'm sure you know ten, I know twenty women making feminist independent films right now for no money. Yeah, <laughs> portraying portraying women in strong, powerful positions that nobody will ever see. I'm surprised. Take, take that fucking job. They love to have you. You know what we need. It's not like someone owns the rights to the book. Is someone's got to make a Joan of Arc movie because it just seems so perfect for right now, and also it's kind of an interesting story. I'm surprised that hasn't happened yet. Well, they don't really make big budget female led action movies because they 
Lose, women don't like action they movies. Lose, women don't like action movies, and men don't like seeing women in action movies, and so they lose a lot of money. Yeah. So, I mean, it was enough that you had to meet Matt Damon as a Chinese guy. That didn't go over very well. And now you're having women in lead action films. Women don't... Teenage boys go to the movies. Well, Teenage, you could have a guy playing Joan of Arc, right? Uh, if he identified as a woman... Wait, so teenage teenage kids aren't seeing movies? No, they are. That's who teenage boys drive the movie market. That's why there's like all Spider Man. Yeah, hundred Spider Man. Young guys, young lonely guys without <laughs> date, without dates drive drive the theatrical mar- the theatrical market. So that's why you don't get mo- you don't get movies like this anymore. Now, Belle from Beauty and the Beast is such a big name brand and a Disney thing that it's going to get every woman and daughter and whatever else to go see that movie. It'll do a fortune. Mm-hmm. But that's a unique that's a unique brand, and that's not an action film. That's a romantic right. romantic movie. So. Uh, I just think put your money where your mouth is, Emma Watson. Oh, she did a uh, almost nude spread in Vanity Fair, by the way, to promote the movie and talk about her feminist feminism. So, if yeah. you're a feminist, by the way, you can do nude shoots and claim that it's power empowerment. Yeah, it's kind of both. It's kind of whatever you're feeling that day. Yes, like it can be oppression, oppression, or it can be uh, you're you're a hero. It's empowering if it's in your public relations contract for your big fee for your movie. Yeah, <laughs> then it's very empowering. A lot of stuff do you see very convenient. I would just love Gloria Steinem just tell these young young fake feminists to just leave her the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah, like, I actually did shit, bitch. Like just leave me alone. Yeah, we're working on real real shit over here. Yeah, your character is wearing boots now. Yeah, like when I started out, like secretaries were being raped in the office, and you're really worried, yeah, about whether or not you should invent a washing machine in Beauty and the Beauty and Beast live action. So, I never want to go away. Uh, by the way, Matt, you and I should be UN ambassadors to something. I think. I know. I, I want maybe like a real shitty country would take us. Well, no, it's like no. They actually what they do is like so. There's they make up like adjectives. So you're like goodwill ambassador. You're the ambassador for goodwill, or you're the ambassador for like positive feelings, or body body positive feelings, or things like that. They huh. just make up topical issues and then they assign a celebrity ambassador to cover that off. We'll see. Yeah, because here's the thing: no one really thinks to just write sort of random, unsolicited letters. But uh, you know, there's a lot of bureaucrats out there, and it, it does pay off. Like there's this guy, this British guy, that just wrote a letter to the um, to the government of uh, Kiribati, which is a, a, a tiny atoll in the South Pacific. Yes, and he said, "I want to be your poet laureate." And I want you to give me a house on the beach so I can write poems. And he's not even a real poet. He's just a jackass. And they said, sure, we'll pay you to, to live here and write poetry. Really? You know, there's shit like that really happens. Who's the jackass now, Matt? Well, I don't want to live. You wish you had thought. You, you're still working on your shitty idea to win a dart championship. <laughs> you could be living in an atoll in, in, in the Pacific Islands. I'm just saying, let's draft a, a generic letter and, and, and fire it off, you know? Uh, I think you got to. What they're looking for is high. They're looking for Angelina Jolie types. They're looking for high profile uh, people. So they can do they can do work fundraisers around you. That's the whole thing. The whole idea of the UN is to raise money, right? Uh, mostly for themselves and their and their fucking horror parties, right? Right. So people are not paying not paying five thousand bucks a plate to have dinner with you, unfortunately. <laughs> Matt, let me ask you. I know it's been a busy week for you uh, because the When We Rise ABC miniseries has been on. <laughs> And uh, you are, people don't know this, you studied gay history in college. Uh, not in class anywhere. That was just sort of one of your class? hobbies. No, that was, out of, that was extracurricular. Uh, do you think if you suck another dude, you'd learn gay history instantly, like that would come to you? Um, I, don't, I don't understand the question. <laughs> so, well, ABC has a history of putting on provocative, groundbreaking uh, miniseries. And they don't really have miniseries anymore. They used to have miniseries a lot. 
that's when they would have like you know four parter like four prime, four two hour primetime sets during the course of a week, mm-hmm. which was a huge investment for them commercially speaking. And they did Roots in the late seventies. They did Roots from Alex Haley's novel, and it was like the first ever like real black experience, you know, movie, whatever, important thing on TV, and then they made every school kid watch it. Right. It actually seemed in 76, 77 when it ran, it was very groundbreaking. It seemed very important, socially important. I've never seen it. I don't think they made us watch it. They actually redid they redid it recently for uh, Bravo or History or someone redid it because, for no reason, (laughs) it just, it was, it was actually good, it was actually good. I think, actually, O.J. Simpson might have had a small role in it. Uh, oh. In one of the one of the, uh, one that's, of the episodes, that's, that's yes. interesting. Uh, but uh, then the late, in the early '80s, during the nuclear scare of the Russian, when the height of the Russian uh, Cold War with Reagan, not the height, but one of the one of the big bumps when people thought we were all going to get nuked to death, they did the movie The Day After, which showed what like America would be like after a, a global thermonuclear war, mm-hmm. and it scared the fucking shit out of everybody. What was it like? It was like, like you know, it was McDonald's like McDonald's uh, is closed. No, it was actually like what would really it was like thirty minutes of falling in love with like cute little character, kid characters. And then uh, the U.S. and Russia strike each other with nuclear weapons. And I think it was just one nuclear whatever that hit this town. Uh-huh. And it actually showed what happened in graphic detail to this town, like a Hiroshima-type thing. And it actually showed, like, everyone melting and all the houses being blown away and all the, the city being destroyed. Huh. And, uh, and really in, like, a long, slow detail, and some survivors and stragglers. It was called The Day After, and it was like everybody fucking watched it because they were all wondering, like, We'd all, you know, everyone had grown up on this like nuclear scare. What would happen? Yeah, and this actually was the first thing that actually showed people, like on primetime TV, what would actually happen. So people and just like, everyone just and started. Die. Everyone under eight just started wetting the wetting the bed. <laughs> just like it was like it scared the living fuck out of people because it was like, oh, here's a ha- here's a here's a third grader happy at a school, and now his soccer field is being fucking incinerated, and all the kids are being melted to death. So the people actually melt. Uh, yeah, like in slow motion melting. Hmm. Uh, so actually, it was really fucking scary. But at the time, it was also groundbreaking because that's the first time they'd ever shown, like, hey, by the way, if we fire nukes, this is kind of what happens. Right. Um, it was always it was always very sort of uh, you know abstract before that. But no, Timmy and John and Steve and your soccer team get incinerated and they melt their skin melts off their bones and they they die either slowly or very quickly. The uh, Cold War was a motherfucker. Did did you have like gas um, gas masks in in school? Uh, no, but we did uh, we did uh, uh, nuclear war dr- drills where you got on the desk because that was going to that was going to protect you from the nuclear fallout. Your desk was really was going to save you. <laughs> Everyone was going to live under their desk. Apparently, um, they were made of lead, by the way. Uh, so ABC has a history now. So now all of a sudden they're doing this uh, when we rise miniseries, which is about the history of gay rights, essentially gay and transgender rights. Just coincidentally, ABC is releasing, releasing this now. Uh, after, it's a mini-series about gay struggles. It's a mini-series about gay struggles, and, and it's inspiring and story. It's about court cases, big court cases over the last 30 or 40 years that have brought about gay rights and gay marriage and gay in the workplace and transgender rights and all this stuff. Here's Starring Guy Pierce, by the way. Yeah, he, who looks kind of weird. Well, he looks gay. There's that, there's that but he's supposed to look gay. Uh, he might have the AIDS. He might have the AIDS as well in the, in the show. What happened to Guy Pierce? I thought he was supposed to be like the next Brad Pitt. He was. He did some good movies. What happened to Brad Pitt? I, I just he's, the next the, guy, he's the next Guy Pierce. I watched the big short. The, he, he looks kind of doughy and like, Dude, you marry bored, him, like you, super boring. Just imagine spending 15 years with Angelina Jolie. That really sucked the life out of you. takes a lot of life out of you. He, had, he looks like he's growing tits, like he's smoking too much pot. It's, it uh, seems like he could have like, like 
banged 10 really hot women over the last 12 years or so instead of and had a much better time. Yeah. <laughs> he made a bad choice there. He did. But, but here's my question about When We Rise. I know the miniseries you've been DVR and you're going to watch with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> Party every night. Uh, is there any commercial reason for this thing to be out? I can't understand. Now, you and I agree, sort of agreed. Or, most people in this country now, we're at the point 25 years later from this when this might have been relevant, where a vast majority of the country is pro-gay rights and believes gay people should have basic rights outside of the, some southern states or pretty much around the country. Yeah. But nobody really wants to watch a gay rights, a gay rights movie, as evidenced by Milk, say, for instance, which was a really good gay rights movie, mm-hmm. but nobody watched it Who, won a, an award or something. It, it won an award, but nobody nobody goes to the theater to watch this stuff because as much as people might be tolerant of gay rights or even in favor in favor of it, actively in favor of it, they don't really want to go and watch eight hours eight hours of gay rights movies. Right? Who is this movie? At, who is this miniseries actually for, Matt? And how much money is ABC losing losing on it? I think it's for people with something to prove. So, like, you go over to someone's house and they're like. Oh, I think I DVR'd that game. Oh, yes. there's a miniseries. You know, just no one's really watching it. Just to just to kind of signify that you're down with the cause, you know. Like when you look through the people, your gay friends outside the door knocking, you rush over and put on When We Rise like, yeah. on TV. Like you read the synopsis on Rotten Tomatoes and then just claim you saw it. Yeah, like just turn out really quick when your gay cousin comes over. Because it sounds like such a downer, you know. Um, well, even, by the way, even, even uh, gay people and or Hollywood reporter reporters, uh, one one and the same are going like this is just a tedious it's just a tedious <laughs> eight hours of of gay rights it's just a film strip basically on gay rights well it I, lasts for eight lasts for eight hours I used to kind of uh, watch heavy movies thinking I was like uh, really socially conscious or whatever and now I just realize I don't I don't want to get bummed out so I'm not going to watch Philadelphia uh, if Philadelphia came out today I would not watch it um, see I think the movie Philadelphia which was almost 25 years ago now. That was a time and place for these kinds of movies because that was actually it was actually a very unsettled time as to gay rights and eight people at AIDS and discrimination and things like that. That movie felt very relevant for the time. AIDS fucking freaked people out. It did, but 2017 doesn't seem like the time to do a gay history movie because or a black history movie for that matter. It seems like these are kind of like long since settled majority opinions in the country now. Yeah. And well, it may be a niche. It's definitely a niche film for people interested in gay history, which would be mostly gay people. Why it's on primetime TV for eight, hour, eight hours? It seems like, isn't that just a giant Disney, ABC, corporate virtue signaling type thing? We're, da- we're down with you? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I don't see it being real profitable, do you? <laughs> no. Well, unless the advertisers also are doing their corporate virtue signaling and feel like they have to be involved in it or pay a lot of money to be part of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it seems like they got some to prove for sure, and it, and it's it's got that whole corporate kind of uh, air to it. You know, I don't want to give it away, but I think Guy Pierce dies. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> you don't have to watch you don't have to watch the fourth installment of it if you don't want to. All right, we got a new segment this week. Uh, every week we have a new segment featuring Matt. And the week before, it's the ratings are so low we have to drop. We have to drop it. <laughs> It's like a it's like a Lena Dunham a nude film. It just nobody wants nobody wants to see it. Nobody wants to hear it. Uh, so in this week's segment, uh, Matt, I don't know if you know, but a girl who's been taking boy hormones won the Texas State Female Wrestling Championship this week. I don't know if that was an ESPN ESPN the Old Show or something like that. Uh, but high school wrestling is a, a big sport, and girls do are able to wrestle these days. Uh, so Mac Beggs is her new name. Uh, is a girl transitioning to a boy. And I want you to explain this week in your segment 
Matt explains why girls becoming boys shouldn't wrestle, but with the added bonus that I brought in my gender-neutral child, Bobby. <laughs> say hello, Bobby. Bobby, say hello. Hello? <laughs> yes, that is my 10-year-old child, Bobby, gender-neutral. We uh, are not assigning genders in my household because I think that's biased. Okay. Bobby will grow up to be whatever gender he or she wishes. Uh, so I brought Bobby along to uh, respond to you, Matt. So, Matt, can you please explain to my gender-neutral child, Bobby, why a girl taking male hormones should not be able to wrestle? Um, well, so in wrestling, you know, you, you could hurt somebody. Uh, basically, it's cheating, right? If you're taking uh, testosterone, you're, you're going to be you're going to have an unfair advantage over the other girls um, because you're you're sort of biologically not so much a girl anymore because <laughs> you're pumped up with uh, steroids, right? I Bobby, mean, that's what you following this, Bobby. Yeah, that's what steroids are. Is for the most part, it's testosterone, right? But she, but but because she was a girl and she had a medical condition known as gender dysmorphia, she was allowed to take male hormones. Gender dysphoria, whatever it is, uh, which means you're kind of, I don't know, staring at the clouds. Are you telling me? You're telling my ten year old gender neutral child, Bobby? Well, gender dysphoria is when you don't <laughs> know if you're a boy or a girl, um, and just pick. Uh, <laughs> just pick one. Yes. Just pick one. Well, uh, Mac, the girl. It's a good. It's a good point. The girl picked. By the way, Bobby, if you become a, uh, let's say you were a boy, what name would you pick to, as a boy named Bobby? What would be your boy name? Bobby. No, no, Bobby's your gender. Mac name. is pretty great. I mean, if you, you know, if I could have just renamed myself Mac, I would. I might do that. But here's the point, Matt. If the girl wants, if the girl wants to become a boy. And she takes male hormones, and then the state of Texas says she can't wrestle as a boy because she was born with a girl and she has a vagina. Uh, what's she supposed? To, what's she supposed to do? So, she, oh, so she can't wrestle as a boy? No, the, the state Texas is a really fucked up place. So they like to make rules that go in both directions. Uh-huh. So one rule they made was that like because Mac was born as a girl, she cannot wrestle as a boy. But then they also ruled that it was okay for her to take gender transforming testosterone to become a boy. Huh. So therefore, they basically created this. Let's, for better, lack of a better term, let's call her Serena Williams. Okay, who could who could wrestle against the girls? And she basically picked them up with her head and helicoptered them throughout the tournament, and, and she she won by a mile. Well, there should be like a hybrid, you know, like an anything goes league, like how they used to do uh, in the MMA. It was like a sumo wrestler fighting a boxer. I think I think it's like WWE. It's like a Bobby. Do they have girls wrestling at your school? No. What about boys wrestling? No. No wrestling. No wrestling. Good. I like that. It's a stupid sport. Yeah. Do they do any? Do they, Bobby? Do they do anything at your school that is gender specific? That is only boys or only girls? Uh, there's a basketball team. Only boys. Are girls not allowed to play in the basketball team? I don't think so. Isn't that outrageous? Don't you feel that's outrageous? Uh, yeah, that's outrageous. Is it? You don't seem mad, Bobby. <laughs> Let me ask you this question, Bobby. Uh, what do you think should happen to the girl who became started taking boy hormones, so she got boy muscles, who wanted to wrestle as a boy, but they made her wrestle as a girl? Who should she be wrestling? Or should she be wrestling at all, Bobby? She's just like, uh, I don't know. Uh, she sh- probably shouldn't just be wrestling. I don't know. I don't think Take she a should different be. Sport yeah, something. she shouldn't be wrestling girls. She's she's too big. Right? Is it possible, also, Matt and Bobby, 
Is it also possible that she should be turning to a boy at all in high school? <laughs> isn't isn't that like? And then Matt, you actually kind of opened my eyes to that. There is a one possibility is she wrestles the boys. A second possibility is she wrestles the girls and defeats them. The third possibility is that her parents don't aren't allowed to infuse her with a shitload of <laughs> testosterone from fourteen age fourteen on, so that she becomes a boy. That's an ir- basically essentially an irreversible procedure. Yeah, uh, when she's just a teenager. Uh, is there anything else you're allowed to do at like 14 or 15 that can affect the rest of your life so negatively? You can't get a tattoo. You can't buy a beer. You can't smoke a cigarette. You can't join Unless the... you're in the movies. Like, What's that, Bobby? What's that, Bobby? In the movies, they do. In the movies, they smoke cigarettes? Yeah. Or drink beer? Yeah. Yeah, well, don't you do that, Bobby. I'll ground you. <laughs> uh, I mean, when I was in high school, a friend of mine who's a girl, hot, hot girl, good-looking girl, uh was a soccer player and she joined the football team as a place kicker and so i set up a meeting with the principal and said uh there's no men's volleyball team i'm quite certain i would dominate the entire conference uh so if she can switch uh and play a boys sport i don't see why i can't play a girl sport and they said yeah you're probably right but you know piss off oh that's weird i thought you were gonna do it i thought this was your feminist bona fides where you're gonna talk about you went to the principal and demanded that the girl be allowed to play football but really, you just turned us to a story where you became an ass <laughs> and tried to play women's, vo- play women's volleyball. Yeah, That's sad. That's sad. <laughs> Matt has a long history of picking the wrong side of arguments and really going full tilt. Going well, full, going if full you tilt. think about it, why should she be able to play, you know, pick and choose, and, and I couldn't? By the way, those, that female place kicker in men's football high school thing has been going on for like 30 years now, Yeah, and they've never progressed past They've never really progressed past that. They were always like, this is the gateway to seeing women in college ball in the, in the NFL. No, right. no, that's never even even in the just the place kicking the football. That's never happened. Well, yeah, because I mean, you can't touch the kicker. A punter, I think, can still get you know get uh, a shoulder if thrown into. If you block the him. pass, um, so that's probably why there aren't any female punters. I'm assuming. Bobby, let me ask you, Bobby. You're uh, ten years old and my gender neutral child. Do you think uh, people who change their gender from boy to girl, a girl to boy, should have to wait till they're eighteen to do that? Uh, no. Start now. Start now? Yeah. Bobby, are you going to become a boy or a girl? Are you going to change, pick a gender? Uh. Don't you think this world would be better off if we didn't assign genders to children at birth and they weren't boy or girl, but they were just child, and they could have all access to all the opportunities of either gender? You can say no if you want, Bobby. Yeah. Yes. Matt, I agree with you. I don't think you should be allowed to have... Why Why would we allow kids to change their gender? Which, there, again, there's no bio, scientific biological evidence for. Clearly, it's a it's a very powerful mental issue. Right. And I think clearly these girls or boys clearly are miserable with the, the, in their own gender. I get that. But maybe counseling until you're 18 before you start completely eviscerating your body into a different gender. I mean, clearly, there have been some people who've regretted the decision, I'm assuming. And, uh, yeah, you know, you get these parents now. I'm not saying this is always the case, but it's almost like a status symbol. You know, like, look how great I am. I have a trans. Look how open-minded I am, you know. Yeah, not only do I have a trans kid, they just won the state wrestling title in Texas. <laughs> That's awesome. But they had the whole Mac Attack cheering section. It was Mac Attack. I don't know they picked their name just to, they had the signs. But they had a huge Mac Attack cheering section for their... That sounds gay. Yes, <laughs> Bobby. Thank you. Mac attack. <laughs> yes, it was. Well, it's not gay, actually, uh, Bobby. My gender child. When you are changing genders uh, from a girl into a boy, uh, I don't. I really don't. Sure, this whole segment's going to carry over to, to next week. 
But I think there's got to be a law about 18 or so. We saw this story about the kid, like the girl in National Geographic, the boy living as a girl. She's eight or nine years old, and her mom let her switch over genders. Well, like, that's pretty young, isn't it, to be making those big deci- big decisions? Uh, yeah, and I mean, the pink hair is kind of telling, too. It's like, okay, you're, you're really piling it on at this point. Like, we get it. I agree. Bobby, any final thoughts on Mac Beggs, the uh, Mac Attack transgender wrestling champion of Texas? Uh. <laughs> Bobby, remember what I said about Miley Cyrus seizing the day? Yeah. You're you know, know what? Don't let your kids play sports where there's no professional um, organization. There's really, I guess you can get a D1 scholarship out of wrestling. but uh, Well, yeah, especially as a female wrestler if you can beat all the men. <laughs> it's pretty men. low. Uh, who watches wrestling? Are people sitting around watching, uh, like no. wrestling on TV? I just no. don't get who, who they watch, enjoys it's, this. It's activity. one of those Olympic sports you watch every four years, like swimming, and then forget about. Why is it so popular if no one seems to simultaneously care about it whatsoever? Well, I'll tell you why wrestling is popular because it's a sport that requires no equipment. Essentially, <laughs> you can play it in any gym anywhere, right. and it's just a mono a mono type thing. I mean, it's really easy to be a wrestler. Anyone can say I'm a wrestler. Right. There's no specific. I mean, to be a good wrestler, you have to be skilled. But to be a wrestler, everyone's technically a wrestler. I guess. Yes. And you if mean, you're, if you're a girl who takes male hormones, you're really good. You're a really good wrestler. <laughs> I mean, it helps to be strong and stuff like that. So, how many WWE wrestlers wrestled in college? There's I a few. There's a lot of them are former football players and, and wrestlers and stuff like that. So oh, they're all jacked up on they're all jacked up on something. One of the guys has a gold medal. That's like a shtick. I can't remember the guy's name though. They 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 all have them somewhere. Bobby, want to sign us off on this segment? Uh, well, I think it's fucked up for kids' parents to uh, be letting them change genders. Are you going for some sort of train spotting shock value here by swearing <laughs> as a t- gender neutral ten year old? Yes, kind of. I Maybe just lost our FC. I like closing it off. Kind Do you of. know that on podcast you can say whatever you want and they can't take the podcast away from us, <laughs> which is why it remains the best form of communication there, there possibly is. In fact, our next podcast is going to be ten year olds who swear. It's just going to be a I love it. thing. Thank you, Bobby. You're fantastic, Matt. Uh, you were less good in your explanation of uh, teenage girls becoming boys. <laughs> it's uh, it's hard to explain. It is it is hard to explain, especially to a ten year old, why a fifteen year old would be changing would be changing genders. Which I think, by the way, until there's scientific evidence, we got to put the kai, we got to put the kibosh on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bobby, you want to stick around for another segment? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you can say fuck every now and then, just fuck. remind people that you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, fuck, oh, no, no, that's it. They're not going to let us back. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> Matt, let me ask you. Uh, Ethan wrote a story, uh, emailed to us this week about a segment you wrote. Uh, he wants to know, does anyone give a shit anymore that everybody lies? Like the HuffPo blogger who cheated in her half marathon. Her name is Jane Xiao. How do you think it pronounced it? Jane Xiao? I don't know. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to take my first and last attempt at pronouncing an Asian last, Asian last name <laughs> that is more than one yeah. syllable. Thank you, Bobby. Uh... <laughs> So Jane Xiao ran as a HuffPo and, and BuzzFeed blogger, so you can read that any way you want, but let's just go with 20-something... She's like a food... Self, a food food, food critic. blogger. Yes. What a, she went to Harvard for that. What the hell is a food blogger? I mean, you, take, you just go to... Well, by the way, I'm not putting it down because I'm guessing you get a lot of free meals at restaurants. Mm-hmm. You probably get a lot of free shit out of being a food blogger. It's like being a... Tra- I always want to be a travel writer because you get free trips. Yeah, travel writer is a great gig. You get a lot of, you get a lot of free, free shit out of that. Um... So she ran a she ran a half marathon somewhere in Florida like that and, and by the way half marathon come on yeah <laughs> that's just like that's it's like, like you're running like you want to run but you're just like running half 
Yes. It doesn't even make sense. If you want to run, just run the full marathon. Yes, it's like being a small giant. It's like, you're, <laughs> like the marathon itself is called the marathon because it's a marathon, you know, it's named after the ancient field in plains in Greece. But it really indicates that it's like a marathon event. Like, this is really, really hard event. Yeah. So let's just do a half season. <laughs> let's right. just do a, like a, like a half-court basketball game. Yeah, it's pretty weak. Uh, and, by the way, Jane Xiao cheated. She did. I don't understand, quite understand this. You probably do. They put GPS devices on them now to make sure they're not cheating the marathons. Um, I don't know if they are required to wear that, but they, for some reason, monitor their... Um, like in the Hunger Games? Uh, no, uh, Matt and I have not seen the Hunger Games. <laughs> Um, it's like a Fitbit. Like a. Like By the way, isn't isn't Hunger Games rated PG thirteen? Uh, I've seen R. I saw Sausage Party. What? <laughs> who is who is racist? You're children? a horrible parent. Yeah. By the way, don't mention Seth Rogen in front of Matt. He gets he gets ticks. He gets has a, like a little tick that comes around. <laughs> uh, so she cheated. I think they do actually monitor them on this GPS device to make sure they're not cheating. Oh, okay. Which actually makes sense because like in the New York Marathon, there it's all the routes mapped out. There's fans and also like that. But these half marathons, I'm assuming there's just no one around. It'd be pretty easy to cheat. It would be really easy to cheat. In fact, she did cheat. So she cut off like two or three miles off the thing. And uh, as all millennials are today. Uh, she didn't seem to feel very sorry when she got caught. Yes, yeah, so the uh, a guy just zoomed in and enhanced the photo of her little watch, and it clearly showed that she had not run the full marathon. Yes. And then she kind of uh, just started insulting people. Um, she said she wasn't feeling well. I don't believe she ever apologized for cheating. No, uh, she never did. She said she didn't feel well, and she was she was kind of like she didn't. It's really like see- that guy at your work, Dad. Ooh, what happened at my work? That guy who didn't say he was sorry. You thought? You yes, I just told. Oh, out. I just told Matt that story. <laughs> uh, here's the thing: I don't think young people these days feel sorry for anything. I think I don't think it's that people are impolite. I'm sure she's a very polite person because you know she's Asian. All right. So <laughs> obviously, yes. So uh, I think it's not that they don't. They're not polite. I think they don't actually feel sorry for cheating. I think there's this whole ends justify the means thing. Yeah. And that, like, you can just say, I was sick and I just cheated, and so I don't feel bad. Why it's would I like, feel bad? It's like a millennial type of mindset to, uh, you know, you want the credit, but you don't want to do the work, you know? Yes. It's like playing Guitar Hero or, um, I don't know, it's, it's like being a reality TV star. Like, I want to be famous and on TV, but I... I can't even act. Or being a Huff Power blo- uh, BuzzFeed blogger where you can just make up... No, let's not, I don't I hate the term fake news. We can just make up charges against people. Yeah. Not just Trump, but rape charges or campus rape stories or whatever it is without facts because the ends justify the means, right? What you're doing is good. It has a good social purpose. Therefore, I can write any... I can, as a journalist, write any article I want. Yeah, that's I think, fucked up. I think that's Bobby, part of it. Uh, where's my bleep button? You know, so a she got caught, but b she then she did the course again on a bike to like get <laughs> yes. fake stats. Yes, and then she well, uh, you showed up. that she actually because her GPS was short, like three or four miles. She actually went back on a bike and rewrote the course to get the right distance. Yeah, to get the right. No, I don't remember. I haven't seen enough Law and Orders, but isn't that like some sort of evidence of guilt? Right, <laughs> when you cover up the crime. Then she showed up to collect the trophy yes. after. Like being accused of cheating, and I guess she just didn't know that it would be proven beyond any reasonable doubt that she was cheating. Uh, so, so uh, and this guy who seems obsessive and weird, this this uh, marathon investigations guy. Yeah. Uh, unlike unlike other marathon investigations guys, <laughs> we're just very normal, sociable guys who have 
a lot of girlfriends. He's like obsessed with catching people cheating on marathons. His website is all shaming marathon cheaters. I love it. Yeah, by the way, that's awesome because that's the only reason we know about the story. Right, is because of some obsessive dude who's like checks people's GPS monitors, make sure they're riding the full. Does marathon. he live in his mom's basement? Probably. Uh, he probably does live in his mom's basement, and she probably does not. He probably does not pay rent. You're probably right, Bobby. I like that. I'm. I'm just amazed. Most bloggers do. I. I don't think she feels. I don't think she you feels blog? like she did anything wrong. You know. No, she she feels bad because she got caught, and I think it's a mentality. I will pick any story on the news that makes millennials look bad, but honestly, I really think it's this, and it's not just women; it's guys too. There's this whole mentality of like, if the ends justify the means, that like, yeah. if I meant well, then it's okay, whatever the hell I do. Like, the process doesn't matter at all anymore. Yeah. Like, I, if I tweet like a mean shit, it's okay as long as I'm on the right side of the issue. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I mean, just like I was telling you, I found a guy's cell phone, like a brand new iPhone in the park, um, like sitting on a park bench. I was just walking by and I grabbed it and I kind of figured out how to get in touch with the guy. Hey, I'd like to return your cell phone. The guy shows up. He doesn't say th- he doesn't make eye contact. Yeah. He doesn't really say thank you at all. Yeah. He just kind of is like, give me my fucking phone. Yeah. It was very strange. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, to correct that story, you woke up on a park bench, right? <laughs> just <laughs> walking by at a park, please. I know you. Uh, it's true. And people, I think it's like this whole like still living with your parents mentality, like spoiled by your parents. Yeah. Which is like, you know, you just feel like stuff's given to you. It's like gifted to you. You don't really, and they're not like, they know the manners. They know to say they're sorry or say thank you, but they just don't feel it. Yeah. Yeah, fucking millennials. Bobby, what do you think about millennials? Those are the people that are about 10 years older than you are. Jerks? Fuck. What? <laughs> You're just saying fuck now to get shocked about. This is like a bad South Park episode. I like South Park. Is this like Terrence and Phillip? Yeah. How does your song go? Shut your fucking face, Uncle Fucker. <laughs> You're definitely, not, you're definitely not getting the Disney job Miley Cyrus gave up. <laughs> Brian, you have something to say about this catastrophe? Holy... Uh, never mind, I'll bleep myself. Okay, bleep yourself out. All right, HuffPo blogger. Also, because she worked for HuffPo, which I hate. I just can't stand her BuzzFeed bloggers. And she's a food blogger who went to Harvard. Do you think she makes like a living wage doing this? No, blogging? I don't. I believe she probably comes from a family that helps support her. And that she's a food blogger and she eats she eats food and runs marathons. She wasn't shape. I'll give her that. Yeah, she's pretty good looking. Yeah, she wasn't bad looking. And How she's do you eat food and stay in shape? Uh, well, it's funny you should mention that, by because that takes us into our very next segment. Matt, let me ask you, and Bobby too. Uh, women are now adding weight intentionally uh, to be body to be body positive. You wrote a story this week on a woman named Anna Victoria, which is about the fakest name I've ever heard. <laughs> so. I don't know. If you're going to be like a real body positive person on Instagram, can't you really use your can't you use your name? You have to come with a porn name. Well, that just seems disingenuous to start. Uh, so what, a new thing now with her and there's another one. There's a girl named Megan Jane Crab. She's a fitness expert on Instagram, which I believe you have to be certified after a four year training course to get. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those. I love the thing I love most about social media is you can make up a title for yourself. Right, right. You can literally be anything you want on Instagram. And just expert call you, on... Yeah, expert on anything. Just All you have to do is type in your field what your expertise is, <laughs> and all of a sudden you're an expert at that. So uh, what Anna Victoria did, she put on a little weight. What Megan Jane Crabb did was she put on a shitload of weight. She was a fitness blogger with a six-pack six abs, tight, ripped body, and she literally put on like 40 to 50 pounds, put herself in the same sports bra and stretch pants, and did a side-by-side they comparison broke. shot. What's it? They broke. No, uh, stretch pants do not break, Bobby. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 surprisingly enough, the reason they're popular among heavier women 
because they're stretchy. Because they're stre- because they're stretchy. Right. Uh, so she put on she put on this extra weight, and now she says she's happier now than ever before, and she's preaching to women that like mental health is an important aspect of health, which I think you and I can kind of agree with. Yeah. But that she intentionally allowed herself to go because that's how she's happy and how women can be happy. Is there anything, uh, let me ask you, Matt or Bobby, is there anything actually positive about this body po- body positive thing going on? Well, I, I think she's the only one that could probably answer that, but... She's uh, not bad I could afford her. I like I was my 10-year-old uh, gender-neutral <laughs> child. I would say that uh, it's pretty easy. It's a lot easier to put weight on than to lose weight or keep weight off, right? Well, yeah, it's easier. Well, I mean, assuming you have access to food, like, yeah, not in, if you're a Syrian refugee, the answer is probably no. Right. But if you're an American. But if you live like down the block from McDonald's, you're probably, yes, the answer is probably yes. So she may have just gained the weight accidentally and is now somehow claiming she's an activist of sorts. Well, she did. Get, it wasn't an accident. It was intentional in the sense that she said she stopped like she was on a rigorous you know, diet and exercise. And she stopped doing that because she said it was making her unhappy, mentally unhappy. And therefore, she was unha- unhealthy. And therefore, by allowing herself to go, let herself go, she is now very healthy, and people needed to keep that in mind. How fat is she? Is she like unhealthy fat? Uh, well, I'd say she put on she's five three or so, put on about forty pounds. She's, I mean, isn't it like mental when you like try to gain weight? So she said she wasn't mentally healthy, but now she's like not mentally healthy. Well, that's a good point, Bobby. Uh, her point was that like, by trying to stay slender for some women, not all, but for some women it's so rigorous and, and, and painful and difficult that they become consumed by it and it ruins their mental health. Can't be that hard. Yeah, well... I kind of see her point. Oh, really? But Wow, wow. <laughs> Brian, ring the, ring the triangle of, uh, well, of momentous we, occasion, please. Look, I mean, if she was like anorexic or if she was had like a, a very unhealthy body image or, or, or any kind of dysmorphia issue I mean that's probably really hard on you on a day to day basis so if she's like fuck it I don't care anymore then maybe she is better off but I wouldn't say that that's like a general rule. To Would you say that the answer to anorexia is to be fat? Is to get to be fat? <laughs> yeah. We have, a, we have a problem in this country I think with like finding a happy middle ground Exactly. <laughs> like I was anorexic, but I was miserable, so now I'm fat. Now I'm fat and happy. Like, what happened to just like in the middle? What happened to be like a little of this, a little of that? I like a kind of like right. kind of in shape. I mean, look, we can admit that probably being thin is desirable to being overweight, right? I mean, it's just healthier. It's just in terms of evolution. Based on, the, based on how crowded the gyms are, I would say <laughs> yeah, yes. But also based on how fat the Wendy's are, how busy the Wendy's are, I have to say the other way as well. Right. But I believe the gyms are more intentional behavior. Whereas the Wendy's and Burger King are more sort of reflexive, beha- reflexive behavior. Right. Or, or just uh, the, the weight gain would be an- ancillary. Yes. Uh, an effect. They don't try- I don't think there's anyone really like... There's no, you don't see ads for like, come here and get fat. Right, right. right. That doesn't have, a, doesn't have a, a market appeal to it. <laughs> a broad market appeal to it. Yeah. So, but here's the thing. Again, we can't find... So this body positive thing basically means... Basically, as far as I can tell, body positive means I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. And that's exactly what is the most healthy. I wonder uh, if we're that's heading. Not healthy. No, it's not. It's not. Well, here's a here's a question for you, Bobby. Uh, if you if you are happy, like with yourself, yeah. does that mean you're health necessarily healthy? Like, no, not necessarily. I don't know. There's no answer. To this. It's a tough question. 
It's like we're becoming more and more polarized, like politically, you know, idea idea wise, everyone's just sort of like on these two extreme levels, you know. And I feel like like entertainment. I think you were saying, or someone was saying, that entertainment will probably eventually just be like extremely violent graphic yes just very extreme stuff and then just stuff with absolutely no substance but very little in between and i'm starting to think maybe we're all just going to be like anorexic and obese but there's just no room for a person of normal weight to exist in well our- doesn't there doesn't seem to be a champion of the middle ground ever like if you actually if you it goes back to even like who was nicole kidman or something after the trump election saying like look i don't like the guy i didn't vote for him but Maybe we shouldn't all be freaking out, mm-hmm. and we should just try to calm down. And they, she got attacked unmercifully for that. <laughs> for like what is presumably a very reasonable position, which is just like, let's just be in the middle and not be angry all the time. Like we yeah. can dislike him and be against him, but let's not freak the fuck out. People are yeah in, incapable of being Drama. sort of moderate. There's or no reasonable. Nu- there's no nuance. No one can find the nuance. There's no not only can people not find the nuance position. There's no like. You get no reward for finding it, right? Right. You don't get a reality show. You don't get a talk show. You don't get liked on Facebook. You don't get social points. You don't get any virtue points. Nobody likes you more because you're a moderate. It's like this Milo guy, you know? Like, I want you sure. to pronounce it. Can you pronounce his last name, please? Yiannopoulos? I don't like saying it. I don't like giving the guy any attention, really. No, but he's really um, fucking annoying. He's super annoying. But I, I kind of like half the stuff he says, but he says it in such an annoying way that I'd still want to punch him. If I agree with him, I'd want to punch well, him. Well, he makes a few good points, but... I guess we can't. We're not ready as a country to have a conservative guy that's not like sort of openly racist and just no. just trying to piss people off. No. You know. Also, yes, honestly, the fact that he keeps relying on the fact that he has like a black boyfriend and stuff like that, it's just kind of tiresome. It, it is because he's he's using that in the same way that liberals use stuff that he really hates. Right. So it's signaling stuff like that. But again, there's no like whoever is like who who along, among the current generation, social media generation, is revered for being like. The great compromiser. <laughs> Nobody. No one. Nobody. I always go back to like uh, this guy, Henry Clay. I, I only stayed awake during high school for two days of history class. But one of them was about Henry Clay, who like served in Congress for like 60 years in the 1800s. And he was revered as the great compromiser. Mm-hmm. He was a guy, like Republicans, Democrats, Does and whoever else. exist? No, not anymore. Uh, they hate, even in the 1800s, they hated the hell out of each other. We're just as partisan back then as we are now, but for different, totally different reasons. Yeah. But he was like the guy who could bring both sides together, and for like 50 years or whatever, how long he really served, he actually got legislation passed and stuff like that because he was the great compromiser. And he, they made statues of this guy. Yeah. Now you get nothing. For being the compromiser, you get, you get jack squat. It's almost seen as a weakness almost. Yes. You know? Because it's anti-attention, right? It's, you don't get attention that way. You yeah. get attention by being provocative on one side or the other. You don't get Twitter followers or a show. Like Milo Yiannopoulos, who knows? It may be all an act. It may be all a shtick. He may just be a normal down-to-earth guy. Yeah. But he didn't make his... He's not selling a million copies of his book by being a down-to-earth, middle-of-the-world guy. No, it's almost like if you if you used reason and, and behaved reasonably and compromised, you, you wouldn't have as much material. Because it'd be like, all right, we fixed this thing. It's yes. like, well, shit, no, I don't have anything to talk about. But that's true in comedy, too, isn't it, Matt? Because you don't... Those middle-of-the-world comics have all gone away. Yeah, I mean, it's always going to be more entertaining to take a sort of extreme stance. I well, there think. used to be the middle. Of, there used to be the middle ground observational comics. Those have all gone away, right? Eh, for the most part, I think. Yeah, that, that, scene, that scene is very weak in comedy right now. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. For the most part, it's like have a, have a strong opinion, uh, whether or not you even believe in that opinion. You know. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm guilty of that at times too. So. I, that's why I brought it up. I want you to feel bad. <laughs> Give him the shame finger, Bobby. Give him the shame finger. <laughs> All right, Jane. So 
Uh, by the way, I can't run 10 miles, so I'm not going to make fun of her for only running 10 out of 13 miles. Uh, but I'd run one mile proudly, really proudly. I was just... running on the treadmill and thought I was really fast. Yeah. And then I realized that the speed I was running for like five miles, yes. that, that they run faster than that for 30 miles. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm convinced all those gym equipments are to make you feel like you're really in shape. <laughs> yeah. Because they, pr- they produce these big numbers. Like, you just burned 50,000 calories. <laughs> right. You just ran an equivalent of 197 miles uphill, burned 30,000 calories. So like, yeah. I, And by the way, if you go to a real flight of stairs, you can do like two before you're winded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My trainer's like, you know, the I don't really have a trainer, but this trainer that I was talking to, he's like, uh, you know, do the elliptical. It burns way more calories. I'm like... Well, why is it so much easier than running? That's I mean, not how nature works, does no. it? Honestly, at the end of the day, I think if you just go up and down stairs, it's the hardest workout you can ever really do. Yeah. It's, it just kills you. Go, go try climbing 10 flights of stairs sometime. Oh, you'll be winded. It's fucking, it's fucking hard. Uh, Bobby, by the way, what do we say about men who uh, have trainers? They're gay. Yes. Very, <laughs> very gay. You. I'm so proud of you right now. <laughs> I, I cor- uh, corrected myself. I don't have a trainer. <laughs> no, Matt doesn't have a trainer. He has a, he has a fitness, fitness guru. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can just like change the words on it and make it not sound gay, but it's really gay. It's true. Wow. Wow. You've been stymied by my... Getting my ass handed to me by... Ten-year-old. She's she like an angry comic on stage. She's like an angry <laughs> comic on stage. She's like watching Amy Schumer work through a crowd in Tampa. <laughs> I got an email uh, from Reed. Reed wants to know, uh, this question is for Matt. Bob, you can chime in if you like. Um, but let's not make fun of uh, Matt's sexuality. It really, really pours in on him. Uh, is it possible that tranny toilets, tranny toilet talk is a distraction from other more important issues like every other fucking thing in the world? Matt, I know you are one of these people who thinks that like the bombs we keep dropping overseas are slightly more important than tranny, to- <laughs> tranny toilets. Yeah. Although that's all we've talked about for the last many, 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 many years. Right. Is it possible? I mean, we are a nation obsessed with like little picayune things. And like somehow, like it's one thing to like pick a small thing, like whether or not transgender teens in high school should have their own toilets or not, mm-hmm. or compete on which team they're competing on. By the way, they, nobody really knows transgender teens. There's like very, there's very, very few of them. So it's a very small, I mean, there's one third of 1% of the people in the country are actually transgendered. So the number that are openly transgender in high school is even smaller, obviously. But maybe they are not comfortable coming out. No, they're not, and they don't have their own toilets. But there's a lot of shit we were all uncomfortable with in high school. We, <laughs> I mean, there, I, I, we talked about this before. There was no gay people in my high school. I don't know if there were gay people in your high school. People, I think a gay uh, kid in my high school would have got his ass kicked, unfortunately. Yeah. And maybe that's changed a little bit since whenever we went to high school. But basically in high school was the whole idea was like you had to fit in there wasn't about self-expression right. it was about if you try to be your own unique person you generally got your ass kicked and you kind of learned to fit in until you got to college and then you went to a school where you could like fucking wear a pink tutu and <laughs> jump out of shit and do whatever the, and yeah. have lots and lots of sex <laughs> lots and lots of sex you had to put a lot of effort into not getting your ass kicked yes at, exactly at so do you think this this tranny toilet thing is really a a, a sign of a much bigger you know, social argument, or is it really just a tiny thing to distract us from, from sort of serious issues? I think it's a distraction. I think it's a an easy thing to report on, and um, you know, there's lots. It seems like every kid who has this issue has has granted like mainstream news media yes. like several yes. different interviews, and also a Supreme Court case, by the way, too. And that, yes. Uh, I mean, I think it started with the kid in Virginia, and he. That's the Supreme, the Supreme Court case. Yes, coming up. he's uh, he identifies as a, a, a woman or she or whatever, um, 
so they gave him her her own bathroom and she was like nope I want to go in with the girls and it's like well you you have a uh, penis yeah so there's that like if you are if you're assigned a uh, a gender at birth um you know, but yeah, I know you're not really assigned a gender at birth. You are a gender at birth, right? I mean, assigning makes it sound like it's a, some some guy comes by and goes, "Boy, girl, girl, you'll right. be a boy." It's basically you're assigned it based on the corresponding your body parts. You have a well, you have chromos- a chromosomal yeah. makeup, right? You're either a boy or girl. A very, as we discussed a few weeks ago, a very, very, very small number of people are born intersex. Yeah, but basically, ninety nine point some odd huge number of percent are born boy or girl. I just wouldn't want to be known. For my bathroom habits, you know, I, I just wouldn't really want to talk about it. No, I, I, I was I wouldn't think it's important first of all, but I also just wouldn't really want to be associated with uh, using the bathroom. That should you feel like that should not be your pivotal issue, right? That's not your thing, Bobby. Let me ask you: uh, Do you think boys who are transitioning to girls who are becoming girls but still have boys' body parts should be peeing in the girls' room? What? Oh, for shame, Bobby! You are a uh, <laughs> you're an alt right, Bobby. Well, a neutral I... child turns out to be an alt right activist. <laughs> would you would you be comfortable with a boy dressed as a girl using the girls' bathroom? No. Because kind why? Of. I don't know. Real, but no is your gut is your gut response? Um, is it because I mean, let me ask you this without offending you, Bobby? Is it because you think? Uh, people with penises should be in the boys room no what if this what if this kid was a really cute looking girl <laughs> Bobby you're freezing See, up she's normal I don't think she cares no I don't think do you no, care no one cares about this no what would happen with you and your you and your friends if a, if a boy dressed as a girl was using the boys room what if I went into the bathroom and used the bathroom oh god at your school that's a threat I think it's a threat <laughs> Well, I'd be like, what is this guy doing here? You wouldn't so. think it was socially socially advanced or something like that? I think what we may be learning here today through Bobby is that this is really an issue for adults and not for kids. Yeah, I just <laughs> I feel that like, way now as a parent that perhaps this is not an issue that 10-year-olds should be discussing. Right. And so perhaps this is not an issue that, I mean, again, I think the middle ground on this issue is wait till you're 18. That put up with, unless you're being obviously harassed or you know assaulted at school in some way. When you turn 18, your heart dies. What? Oh my God, Bobby! <laughs> Where the hell did that come from? The Breakfast like some... Club. You watch the Breakfast Club? That's Breakfast rated Club. R? That's wow. rated R. It's an old movie. Wow. Do you think all people who are 18 are, are dead inside, emotionally dead? Uh, do you think kids? Should, do you think Taylor Swift should be president? All they talk about is. Which, by the way, she might be a better president. She might be a better <laughs> president. That that used to be a good joke. She can get shit done. That used to be a good joke. Like, oh, you think this like teeny bopper should be president? But now it's like not a joke anymore. I mean, I, I don't think she's old enough. Don't you have to be thirty four? Uh, th- thirty five. I think last time I read the Constitution. That's a good one. All right, Bobby. Anything else on trannies and toilets? Do you believe in uh, Slenderman? You know what Slenderman is. No. No. She only watches dirty comedies. I don't hang out with 10-year-olds. I didn't know they were watching The Breakfast Club. Oh, you went Slender Man's what they... Uh, no, well, uh, let's not repeat that anywhere. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, R-rated movies you can watch with an adult. Did I watch that with you? No. Oh, uh, well, they've, whatever. <laughs> and the point is, I actually do think, like... I think, actually, like, smart uh, R-rated movies are good for kids. 
I don't think the violent R-rated movies are good for kids. Then yeah. why'd you let me watch Sausage Party? Uh, well, that was that's. I'm going to cut this segment off right now. Matt, you have something you wish to pimp and promote this week's show? <laughs> I mean, Breakfast Club shouldn't be rated R, should it? Or am I just forgetting? It's not. No, it it's is not. rated R. It is? Yeah. It's a, it's as, well, it has a very grown-up teen theme elements to it. Uh, such as uh, uh, sexuality and uh, drug use and other things like that. It's kind of a sad movie. I feel bad for the nerd, Anthony Michael Hall. Is that who you relate to? Although he has grown up to beat up a lot of women, so there is that. There, <laughs> there is that. Who did you relate to at the Breakfast Club, Matt? Were you the jock? Were you the... Uh, were, you the uh, uh, were you the gay wrestler? Was <laughs> <laughs> the wrestler gay? Emilio? Uh, uh, he wasn't gay. He was just pretty. He, he was, was pretty, wearing a necklace. Dad. He was a pretty. He was well, gay. that was the eighties. People, were, guys, wore necklaces. I think 80s. most people are more of a composite than just straight up archetypes. Really? I but, thought you were going to say Judd Nelson uh, right off the bat. No, I didn't have a switchblade. I probably would have been the the jock. I guess. Yeah, Brian was clearly Ali Sheedy. There's really no <laughs> doubt about that. Brian was the outcast, the outcast girl who didn't want to be pretty, and who uh, just let herself let herself go so she didn't have to fit in and scratch her head, and all the dandruff came out. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Uh, I was I was the dick the dick teacher. I met that teacher by the way in a bar in uh, in Florida one time. The principal? The prince? He wasn't a principal. He was a teacher assigned to do detention. Oh, okay. That was guy. he a dick? Uh, no, he was actually really nice. He was buying everybody drinks and he was wasted. <laughs> he he uh, died recently, so I feel bad to say anything about him. Oh. All right, that's our show for today. Uh, Matt, you have something you wish to pip and promote? Uh, Twitter at Matthew Ralston, mattralston.net, um, iTunes. Brian has something he wants to remind you of. You're playing at our show on Monday, right? Yeah, Brian is uh, has a free show that he does every um, the first. What is it? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. It's the Starving Artist Variety Show good, at Bar good, One. Good segue, Matt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bar One in Valley Village. Uh, music, comedy, burlesque, illusionists, whatever happens to be there. Can you do a free, free, free into the it's microphone? Free. <laughs> free, I'm doing, doing stand Monday, Monday. Matt's doing stand up. Former, former podcast guest Pete Giovine. Uh, and it's free. Just, just like, don't show up and stab me. Please. Is Pete going to be there? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Are, are, does he still have really bright teeth? Yes, he does. <laughs> so I could spot him. Uh, I want to thank uh, my 10 year old gender neutral child, Bobby, for chiming in today. Thank you, Bobby. You were fantastic. And all the people at Rocco who put up with and allowed a child uh, to be away from the bar, but also near the bar. Uh, Brian, today would have been the day to order your uh, pink drink. Just, just saying. Uh, Rocco's in Studio City, really the best place to hang out and or do a podcast. And also, by the way, they have a new app here called Bar Pay, where you can order drinks directly from your table. It could not be any better. TVs, seven, seven TVs and drinks from your table. Rocco's in Studio City. Come on down next time for our podcast. Tapes on Tuesday. The Last Minute Earth. This is Lex. Talk to you next week.